This concludes our broadcast day. Good night, and God bless America. I thought was horrible, but I think that this year's just as bad. Um, the my work situation's been crazy. You know, it's uh, the back orders are insane because manufacturing is just bad right now. You yeah, know? Um, we're like I work in floral wholesale, um, so when the pandemic started. Um, they closed a lot of the farms down or they cut the, the, the flowers early. Um, so there's like a huge shortage everywhere in the world, oh, basically. Yeah. So it's been, it's been crazy. And then um, all the weddings that got canceled, you know, uh, in 2020, uh, they all happened like at the same time, like this year. <laughs> so it's just been like insane. Um, and then you can't even get the product they want. <laughs> so, oh man, yeah. That's been intense, but uh, no, nah, I don't know. It's it's also been good. Um, been working on a collaborative novel with Graham Irvin, which has been fun. Uh, so uh, a lot of good things came out of all that too, which was uh, friendships uh, of other writers I met online like just doing like zoom readings and stuff yeah yeah i was talking to uh graham about that when we did our episode that it feels like um that might have been one of the good things about covid was that it erased a lot of those boundaries and made it more normal to connect with people in that way absolutely yeah Um, absolutely how about you how's your how's your year been you know, uh, parts of it have been way better than 2020, and then parts of it have just been really, I don't know, like really intense. Like I heard somebody say recently that it seems like when things go badly, they seem to all happen at, at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the past couple months, it seemed like it was just like one thing after another. But I don't know it like that's been good in its own way too because I feel like the challenges that I've had recently have made me think more about just what I want long term what I want to do you know what I and like what I have time for and what I don't if that makes sense so yeah, it's been like yeah. good in a way absolutely yeah um you're in Kansas yeah Wichita Okay, right on. Yeah, I've never been to Kansas. Uh, I've driven, I used to drive with my family from New Mexico to Michigan um, every summer, and we would kind of pass through all the states in between. But that's just, you know, like a part of the country that I've never really visited, to be honest. Yeah. 
not a lot of people do <laughs> yeah <laughs> fly sure. over a country so totally totally yeah I, I want to though i feel like um i don't know i feel like there's all these parts of the country that people don't visit but that's where some of the most like intact parts of the culture still are is flyover country if that makes sense like yeah yeah wichita's a cool city you know uh i think i think a lot of people imagine it like i mean it's a small city but mm. i mean it's like five hundred thousand people so it's a big city too but you know um i don't know i think people just think of it as like uh, a little town filled with like hillbillies or something mm. yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like not that at all i don't know there's like underground you know like diy um like punk shows and we have subcultures here i don't know yeah yeah it's it's maybe not what the um the stereotype is like the, the what people think of yeah you like living there I love it. Yeah. It's, um, affordable, you know, um, mm. there are things to do. Everyone from here always complains that there's not, but it's just cause they don't go out. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. what are you talking about? You just don't leave your house. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way about New Mexico too. There's a lot of people that move here from California that say that. And I'm like, there's stuff. You just have to go you just have to go to it you know you can't yeah. just like expect it to be on every street corner mm -hmm. exactly yeah. read some of your stuff on and off for a couple of years and uh the first story of yours that uh i'm excited to talk about is a story that you had published uh, the story that was published in x-ray um called hooks um and like reading through several of your pieces kind of like one after the other uh, this last week. Um, something I really like about your work that I noticed is um, like the way that relationships are talked about between characters. Um, like in this story, for instance, which is a, about this interaction between these two friends, um, one of whom has recently you know, uh, had his partner leave um, and then is dealing with this really intense job. The relationship at the beginning of the story is kind of ambiguous until, until it's said explicitly that they're friends. Like he's introduced to us as, um, as just him or he at the beginning. So I really like, you know, the way that as I'm reading your work, it kind of like edges into the relationship that's going to be the focus. Um, I was just wondering if that's something that you've thought about very much in your writing, like how you talk about these connections between people. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think like framing, uh, I, I like to like frame a story different than I think most people uh, like the easing in, I think it's just a kind of like a easing <clears throat> into talking about a difficult thing, maybe like mm -hmm. I want, I want the narrator to like not be comfortable uh, mm -hmm. with what 
it's specifically in that story like uh what he's getting into you know uh the friend he's talking about uh you know um and then towards the end you know as it ramps up there's like anger involved so more things kind of come out you know like um it's kind of like a therapy session or something yeah. <laughs> like like um but yeah i mean that's something i think about quite a bit is like just um where where to start <laughs> and end a piece um because a lot of times uh my stories are way longer and i cut you know three quarters out you know mm. and then i'm left with like basically just like a setup for like a specific like image you mm. know yeah i i know what you mean i i mean whenever i'm reading a piece that has a really interesting beginning i always wonder about that process of like how that particular moment was chosen because it feels like just in general like when you're writing there's pressure to open the story in a way that's like captivating um or like a line that's going to like hook people mm -hmm. you mentioned the anger in the story that was like a really compelling piece of it for me the way that so again i like for listeners the the title of the story is hooks and you can find it um in x-ray magazine uh, or x-ray lit but there's you know this relationship between the two characters that's tense uh in this particular moment because it seems like um he's trying to be there for his friend but there's an experience that he's had that he can't share totally um and it and and that's where it feels like the anger comes from and that just felt so uh true to me you know like it feels like sometimes just in general, if someone is having a really hard time and you're trying to like relate to them, you know, you can want to do that um, sincerely, but uh, there may be just like something that they're experiencing where there's too much of a, a bridge that you're not able to to cross because you can't, you know, have the same experience. Yeah, and maybe maybe like anger is the wrong word. Maybe it's like frustration that mm -hmm. comes out as like an outburst you know like um but yeah like the the struggle to connect is i mean that's the crux of the story you know yeah um and it may be like uh how uh discussing what's 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 wrong you know is totally inadequate um if you uh don't know or haven't experienced what the person's going through yeah i mean like as you're saying that and like as i was reading it as well i was just thinking about that like how many how many times i've wanted to be there for somebody if they were going through a, a morning of some kind or i mean this this specific situation within the story like really spoke to me um 
because he has the, the friend that the, the narrator is talking to has this intense job where he has to go through this, you know, really graphic uh, stuff on the internet and decide if it gets erased or not. And, um, you know, like whenever I talk to somebody who's in a, in a position like that, where they have to deal with heavy stuff for work, it does feel like there's an element of you can't totally understand what they're going through. And there's not really anything you can say to, um, to comfort them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, my, my wife, it's kind of actually based on a real person that my wife knows that I had to catalog. Um, they, they updated like the, uh, the police, um, system where they were putting everything like on uh computers and stuff and uploading all the crime scene photos and uh she knew it she knew a guy that had to do that uh and like scan all of the you know crime scene photographs into a database hmm. and uh he was just a you know he was just like contracted like he didn't work for you know the the police or whatever you know uh, it was just like contracted out and um yeah he had a he had a lot of issues yeah you know so and it, it was not somebody i knew real well um but i just always thought of that as like an interesting you know story just like yeah i'll take that job you know it's, it, it's, i i'm contracted to do things like this for all kinds of companies you know so <laughs> why yeah. not um and just not understanding <laughs> what you're getting yourself into um and the ptsd that can follow not knowing what you're getting yourself into that really speaks to me because uh, i also have a, a friend who does something similar and that's always the feeling that i've gotten whenever i talk to her when she describes these really intense things that she has to see it's yeah. like you know i feel like doing like thinking about it and imagining yourself doing it is one thing and then like once you're in it it's probably a totally different thing than you could have ever imagined for sure yeah and you know there's this like this part of the story that i really thought was interesting was like when i was reading it it kind of felt to me like um the internet was I don't know, this like really strange presence in the story because there's the way in which, the way in which Scott is, uh, you know, seeing all these really intense things. But then also at the beginning of the story, um, the narrator talks about like, it almost feels like kind of like an act of like support or like solidarity or something that he's looking up ways or, or, or trying to Google if it's possible to, uh, for someone to like rip their vocal cords out and uh, talks yeah. about like Googling it. Um, and there's a line where he, you know, he says like uh, the things that I saw, the, um, the thoughts that I had, I don't know. That was like a really interesting juxtaposition between their two experiences. Um, Cause it, it felt like they're, it felt like the internet was like this like strange you know, presence that was kind of like imposing itself on them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Um, yeah, 
I think that, um, yeah, that part, it's like right at the beginning, the opening, uh, where he talks about the things I, I saw or whatever. Um, I, I, uh, I, th I think, um, yeah, it's a little foreshadowing of, of, of what the, uh, the Scott character is going through. But, because um, I think to an extent, like, I mean, like we've all, uh, at least like people, you know, our age, that, like we've all seen, you know, horrible videos online, you know. Um, when I was, uh, what, middle school, you had all those like weird gore sites, you know, and, yeah. and, um, um, and they still exist. You know, I mean, you can go on YouTube and, and, and see the same things. Um, it, it, it's pretty, um, it's like um, numbing in that sense. Uh, but I think when it's your job uh, and you do it all the time, it's like a totally different thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I can't imagine you know, having to sit down every day and like go through that stuff, just like all, I mean, cause there's parts of my job that I don't like, but having something so intense be your whole day. I mean, that seems like such a, I mean, that must be such a strange experience to have such a strange existence. Absolutely. I, you know, I also really loved in the story, like the, the weight that the conversation itself has um, and this, these small interactions, like there's this moment when he sees um, Scott and he's in the rocking chair and it seems like he's trying to engage with him and then um, like, it's not going to happen. And then they, they just talk about the weather for a second. Uh, I, I was wondering, like, was that something that you've worked on a lot or had to play with a lot like the way that um words that people say in everyday conversation sometimes have a lot more like weight than what's on the surface um yeah i would say like i mean dialogue for me is like the hardest thing um period um getting the voices right and the conversations right. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think usually in dialogue, um, I hate reading dialogue that um, kind of seems expository, mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of people do. And it just doesn't read right, you know? Um, yeah. Where they're trying to like convey the information you already know or whatever mm. um yeah i think like it's better if you skirt around that you know um mm. make it i don't know listen to how people actually talk if if you do that like no one's you know they are uh talking about the weather they're talking you know they're you know that's the connecting point i know when uh when my dad was still alive and he would call um we would run out of things to say pretty quick you know and then we would talk about the weather <laughs> and, oh, totally 
you know, I mean, it's just like a, it, it's a kind of cliche, but it's actually, uh, it's just true. You know, it's, um, I don't know. It just seemed to work, especially in that, that part in the story, because that's, that's where the connection takes place and where he gets invited inside, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it seemed incredibly realistic, like that there, that that would be the connecting point that he's able to, I don't know, let invite him in a little bit. Um, just talking about something like the weather, a third thing that's not as intense. Yeah, so I was just really struck by that when I was reading it, that there's like, just just the weight of like what they really wanna to say to each other, I suppose, or like would, would try to say to each other. Um, you could kind of feel it in, in those interactions, uh, even when they were talking about like other things. Yeah, there's this other line in the story too that's, um, where he's talking about the, like seeing his friend also like, and this is just something I was, I was like noticing uh, throughout your work. There's, there's these like interesting little insights that just feel so novel to me. Like um, he's talking about looking at Scott and seeing that he, you know, there's these like parts of his face that make him look so much older. Um, and he says like, there were a million other faces or it, it made him think that there were a million other faces that were the same, you'd just never seen one. I was kind of like trying to figure out how, how to ask you this because it's like, it's kind of like a weird question, but I mean, I feel like sometimes trying to find those moments of like insight that you, that you, that you come across just in everyday life, it can be hard to tell if something is um, gonna resonate with people or if it's just kind of like a, something that only makes sense to you. So I, I don't know, I guess I was just wondering like, cause I've, I've noticed a couple of them um, in, your, in your stories. I was wondering if you like have a process of like figuring out if that's like an insight that uh, is, is gonna resonate with, uh, with more people. If, it, if it's something that can like transcend like an individual recognition of something. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense at all, but. Yeah. Um... It makes sense, but um, I'd say for me, like, no, like if it um, is something I find to be true, like it just goes in, you know, mm -hmm. I don't really think about, um, I don't think about readers when I write. Um, uh, I mean, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I'd make more money doing this shit, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't write um uh, I don't write for anybody else except for me I had, to, I had an issue with one of my books um Marigold um yeah but like so Marigold I I had a problem with um people thinking it was like a some kind of self-help book or something and like that's great if people get that out of it that's awesome it's just like um then those aren't my intentions you know um my intention is to make art um and whatever anybody takes from that it's lovely but uh 
it, it gets like weird. Um, I don't know when you put work out there, it gets weird how how things get interpreted. Um, it's out of your hands. Yeah, um, because for me, like that book had a lot of humor to it, <laughs> but it it must have just been way too dark um, for people to pick up on. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answers the question, but no, it does. I mean, that seems like a healthy way to approach your work because it's true like people are gonna have their own interpretations of anything that you say or write and you can't you really can't control it so I mean do you feel like it makes the writing process more fun for you or like more enjoyable that to just kind of like focus on what you want to write yeah yeah definitely um yeah it's like I don't know. I've been doing it for like 15 years. So it's like, it's just like anybody else. It's like, you know, somebody with a sketchbook at home, right? Uh, doing like drawing or, you know, coloring with markers or whatever. They're doing it for them, for their own enjoyment, not um, just to like create. They're doing it just to create, right? And, and most people don't share that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I, I do, you know, uh, but I do share, you know, um, but there's lots of stuff I don't share, you know, it's just, uh, I'd be doing it whether it was getting published or not, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, I mean, to me, I, I don't know how people could write if they didn't have those feelings about it. Like, I'm sure there are people who don't, but um, to me, like writing has always just kind of felt like something that like I have to do in order to, to be okay, to feel happy. Um, and I get a, I don't know. I mean, I get a sense like when I'm reading work that I really enjoy that it's the same for the person who wrote it even though I can't know that for sure that, you know, that's, this is just kind of like something that they do is, is right. And um, even if no one was, was reading it, that they would still be doing it. So I guess I always kind of hope that that's true. Yeah. You know, I, I think um, uh, you can tell when you read something, um, I think like when I don't enjoy reading a piece, I usually um, think the person didn't enjoy writing it because um, I, I, I don't know. It, it, I, that seems like kind of a mean thing to say, but um, I don't know, like there's like no life in it or something, you know? Totally. Um, and I can, yeah, the opposite is true. It seems like I, I know uh, when I read something that the person really enjoyed writing it and they put a lot of themselves into it, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it is. I, I feel like it's clear when somebody's put a lot of themselves into writing a, a piece, like even if it's not literally about something that happened to them 
it feels like you can tell when when that person like really like let themselves be in the story yeah definitely um so another uh one of the stories that i wanted to talk about was the your story that was published in hobart um called instructions for morning mm -hmm. and this was published in uh, 2019 um this one I actually read uh, a while ago and I enjoyed like going back to it this week. Um, did, have you seen the, have you seen the movie uh, Lars and the Real Girl? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I saw that when I was like 18 and it, I just remember being like kind of in love with the concept that like, it was just so strange, but it, and like, I love things that are unsettling and really like endearing at the same time. Um, anyway, the concept uh, of the movie, just your story like made me think about that movie. Um, Cause I guess it's kind of similar where like, if I'm interpreting it correctly, this uh, man who is like building a, this doll um, it's kind of like using it as like a, a romantic or sexual partner. It's, it's kind of like a filling the space that his wife once filled. Is that okay? Yeah. Right on. Cool. Yeah. I mean, this is another one that there's like a slow reveal um, of what's happening and like, it feels really gentle uh, because the doll uh, is immediately referred to as the pronoun, like in the previous story with the friend. Um, it's referred to me, um, sorry, referred to immediately as she. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's like so mechanical uh, the way that he's talking about like putting her together. Um, there's like the care and then the like, I don't know, like the material stuff at the same time. Uh, I, I was just kind of curious, like what it was that made you want to write a story about this and like strike that balance? Um, you know, I, I, I think I was thinking about, um, I, I, uh, um, I uh, wrote this after uh, my dad died actually. Mm -hmm. And I think I was thinking about um, like, the material possessions that are left after someone dies um and kind of like you know like um like uh like i got my dad's guitar you know <laughs> after he passed away um but like how it really it seems weird to say but it, it doesn't mean that much um uh like people want these things to like like fill a hole that's unfillable you know or whatever um and i just took it in a different direction you know i thought about um yeah a, 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 a man who lost his wife and obviously all of her stuff still all around him so how does he try to fill that so he gets like a life-size doll <laughs> to, you know, sleep with and, and um, uh, something that feels like the actual space in the bed or whatever. 
that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's so interesting to read because like, um, again, you know, there's parts of it that are like unsettling because you figure out that he's building this this doll that's like a, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not totally like clear, like what kind of doll it is. I'm assuming it's like some kind of sex doll. Yeah. Um, but there's like these tender moments with it at the same time. Like he, there's this moment where he's like fixing her wobbly leg and it, it feels like, you know, it feels like she's really his wife. Um, that's really interesting what you said about, you know, people trying to fill a hole that you can't fill with these material objects. I feel like whenever that's happened to me, like when I've been trying to, you know, like whenever I have lost somebody and then tried to get some kind of meeting out of owning something that they used to own, it just feels so hollow. Like, I feel like I've, I've tried to make it mean more than it did, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel uh, with objects. Um, just, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's almost like sometimes uh, like more painful to, to uh, look at them and remember like what they represent, you know, hmm. which is like the loss of a life, you know, and um, I think, I think memories are sound enough to where, um, yeah, like, yeah, the object doesn't like help in that regard. Um, I don't know, but that's just me personally, you know, um, uh, yeah, it's just like a weird thing. I don't know. But then there's, there's moments too, you know, where, um, I feel the opposite. It just, I think it's depends on the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, um, I mean, what you said kind of leads me into something I wanted to discuss with your new story, uh, which is called, yeah. uh, what should I call this? Um, it's published in Southwest Review, so that's where people can go find it. But um, well, okay. I mean, to I guess to start with, like, the, you know, the, this is okay. So, like, I, I know I've been saying this a lot, but like, uh, the way the story kind of starts, like, there's this like easing into his experience um, through like descriptions of like what he's doing and stuff. Um, I actually didn't uh, know what was happening until the second time that I read it, just because like the images themselves are so beautiful to read that I kind of had to go back later and like unpack it and not, the first time I was kind of just trying to like experience it, I guess. Uh -huh. um, but like, you know, there's these descriptions of grief of uh, this man who's like lost uh, his partner and that feels like it, it kind of gets, um, it feels like there's, there's two losses that kind of like intertwine. Like there's the loss of this woman, but there's also the loss of, uh, his father. Um, yeah. 
and it feels like at the end of the story there's also some kind of interaction with like I guess like the supernatural or um what feels like the supernatural what you know what you were saying about like objects like feeling differently uh from time to time um that made me think of this because I've I mean I felt the same way about like you know believing in an afterlife or believing in um ghosts or spirits or, or anything like that uh like it feels like in some moments to me it, it feels like it it's obviously an illusion but then at other times it feels like so true to me um yeah i don't know and i, I guess that was just something I, I thought about like as i was reading your story too was that like there's like all these like tangible forms of grief but then there's also like these really like ethereal ways that we experience it yeah I, yeah and i would say specifically with yeah that story uh what should i call this i mean that's why it's called that you know um i i don't know what to call this <laughs> yeah this uh feeling or whatever um it is totally intangible um um but yeah, also just, I don't know. Um, I don't know if like the end part is like um, supposed to be like spectral, you know? Like, I don't know if it's a ghost or just this uh, feeling of calm that that finally comes over. Just like, well, I still have this, like my my dogs are, relieving themselves in the backyard yeah this is nice. yeah. <laughs> like um yeah i don't i don't i don't really know um i guess that's i wanted to leave the the ending <laughs> you know open to interpretation i guess i guess the whole story really because it's all um kind of abstract you know absolutely that you know like one of the reasons i wanted to talk about hooks as well as this story was because um you know like you mentioned with hooks like this uh this theme that's you know between the two characters of like the the, the failure to connect and the, the anger that comes up or the frustration and then you know in this story i noticed something similar that happens where he mentions that he's talking to someone, but um, becomes angry when he's listening to this person talk. Mm -hmm. And uh, I liked that it wasn't clear who he's talking to. Like I kind of assumed that it was like a doctor or I'm not a doctor, a therapist or maybe a priest because um, the, the church image comes up a lot. But something I thought was really interesting was that like this, you know, this same experience of like not being able to, to share that intensity with another person. Um, at the end of the story, it feels like there's like some kind of, not like consolation, but, uh, you know, like a small sort of resolution and that he has this, it feels like he has this like moment of clarity. Uh, that's like an op, it, it feels like a, the opposite end of of the moment of not being able to share with another person um mm -hmm. 
Was that intentional at all? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it, some kind of resolution needed to happen, whether, <laughs> you know, it's not even really a resolution, but um, yeah, just like, um, the like, well, first of all, like the searching, you know, when he says, I visit her all up and down the state, he's talking about like, okay, so like his like significant other, like um, drowned, you know, and um, so like, and the, like the body was never recovered. And I, the, visiting her all up and down the state is like going along the river. Um, and uh, that's why he yells, you know, <laughs> at the rowers and the fishermen, you know. And, uh, but like the, yeah, yeah this irre irretrievably lost person, you know. Um, hmm. uh, and then, um, I don't know, mixing the dad thing in with that. Um, um, and then kind of talking about her in the second to last paragraph, he says, my dad haunted us too, instead of just me. Um, so I think like, uh, he's still has a sense that she's there or something. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I noticed also there's a moment where he talks about um, touching her scars and he's, it's said in a way that implies that she's still there uh, even though she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the like, the way that the two different um, experiences of grief were shown kind of like side by side was just so interesting to read because like you talk about the moment where he uh, talks about his dad haunting them and um, it's used in a way where he's describing how he looks like his dad. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just like, I loved the way that that bended the, the meaning of the word haunting. Like it wasn't, you know, maybe, maybe not literally like there's a, there's a spirit here, but like, you know, you can see, she can see my dad when she looks at me or I can see my dad when I, when I look at my reflection. Um, yeah. I mean, was that like something that you were thinking about when you were writing was like the way that, um, I guess like experiences of, the person after they're gone can can take different forms yeah yeah i think that's the big part of the whole thing you know i think that's why the the river part's important and then he brings up the river again um doesn't take half a mind to understand the bends in a river um, mm -hmm. um yeah because I don't know, like, um, like the river represents a person at that point, you mm -hmm. know, or um, 
yeah the 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 son represents the father um and also like uh maybe like a, a element of like uh self-loathing you know um i don't know yeah it's uh <laughs> I don't know. So sometimes my, my stories are kind of mysteries to me sometimes too. Um, mm. They definitely come from a place and I think about what I'm saying. Um, and I, I, you know, but I also, you know, when I'm writing about stuff like this, it's impossible to know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, because like nobody knows how to talk about those things in a concrete way yeah absolutely I mean I kind of love the idea of that that like you know the story is is even a mystery to you because like there's certain lines um in this story and in you know and all all the ones that I've read uh that resonate and I don't know why immediately but like you know maybe I don't have to know why maybe it just it's it's touching something that's real um and it doesn't need to be understood necessarily concretely yeah i you know i kind of um maybe it's the uh, like samuel beckett is like one of my favorite writers um mm. and i get that from him like i never understand what any of it's about yeah um, I understand this about, you know, a struggle, <laughs> a struggle, the struggle of being alive, and that's about it. But everything else, like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, but what it does do is it makes me feel something intensely, you know. Um, and I, I sometimes don't even know what I'm feeling, you know it's like a mixture of all these different things. Um, yeah. Like, like a visceral response to what I just read, you know? Um, and I think, I, I do think part of the influence of, of reading stuff like Beckett does kind of work its way in, like um, just in the sense that, um, like, I don't necessarily uh, want to understand, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, what I'm writing about. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but. <laughs> you know, it, it does make sense uh, because, man, it's, it's kind of funny you, you mentioned this just because I was thinking about, like, this exact thing yesterday. Um, like when I was a when I was a senior in college, I wrote this. You know, as part of the the, the program that I was in, we did these like little self published books, and um, I haven't looked at mine, you know, since I finished that degree, like you know, almost eight years ago now. But yeah, for whatever reason, I just picked it up and was like flipping through it the other day, and I just saw all these like moments where uh, I was having that exact experience like I was like writing lines down without really understanding what they meant mm -hmm. just because they felt like they were talking about something that was true um 
I don't know. And I don't know. It kind of like made me excited about like the idea of, of that kind of writing again, because it feels like mystical in a way to like, like you're tapping into something that's, you know, part of like a larger truth, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, is, do you feel like that's kind of what you want when you read work too? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not, um, it sounds weird because I brought Beck it up and then I'm going to be like, uh, I'm not real big on like uh, crazy experimental stuff. Um, but uh, I don't tend to gravitate towards um, stories that um, spell anything out for me. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I like, um, I like stories that don't really conclude. <laughs> I like ambiguousness. Uh, um, but like not necessarily difficulty just like yeah like like you said so it, it almost I like reading things that almost feel like mystical or something yeah like hmm. whether it's um, you know uh, something by uh, William H. Gass or like I, I would even argue some of Carver's stories have that sense. Um, um, yeah. Of just um, kind of, I don't know. They're not, they're not tied up in a bow, you know? Um, yeah. Have you read the story of his about the couple that's dancing on the guy's lawn? Yeah. Yeah. I think about that one all the time. Um, Cause I don't know, it's like what you're saying. I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of it. It's just like the image is so like strange and like means something really powerful to me, but I don't really know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Was there um, anybody, I mean, you, like you mentioned Beckett, like, was there anybody that you read um, that you, or, or that you do read that you feel like has been foundational to developing your style? Yeah. Um uh Barry Hanna <laughs> Barry mm. Hanna and Beckett and I mean uh yeah probably uh Scott McClanahan too um just as far as um uh Barry Hanna and Scott McClanahan for voice like um I, I don't think I would have been able to like find my own way and find find a voice that worked for me if I didn't read those writers um it's like oh like it just sounds like how you talk you know um yeah I love that and uh the flow and the you know um cadence of the sentences rhythmic um yeah I'd say those are those are like big three and also like uh you know i'd say dennis cooper has been a big part um but yeah those are the big ones for me yeah yeah you know like that type of writing where it feels like someone uh just talking to you 
I feel like once you read stuff like that, it can be hard to, I mean, this is what I've been going through anyway. It, it can be hard to like go back to reading stuff that's more like, you know, um, you know, whatever, like the, 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 the style that I think we're all kind of like used to reading from these big, uh, these big press books where it's more like, I don't know, sometimes the language and, and some of the books that I see people talk about, you know, maybe who aren't like reading um, stuff like this, like some of the language in, in these like really big books feels kind of like masturbatory sometimes. Like it feels like it's just, yeah. you know, just, just having all this crazy diction to just to do it. Um, and it feels kind of hollow after reading some of the more like conversational stuff. Yeah, definitely. A lot of it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And also like, yeah, like, you know, the big popular um, literary books, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like they could be like 200 pages shorter most of the time <laughs> or like, I, I, there's, I don't know. I've always had this idea and I think it comes from maybe my reading Beckett but uh that that the best the best writers uh can say a lot more in less space than uh 400 pages or whatever I don't know um I can read there's there's books that are 100 pages that are just packed with life and like good sentences and um that do more work than you know 500 page books on the new york times bestseller list like it just baffles my mind <laughs> that the uh that the uh it's so weird when you look at like what was popular actually popular uh reading in the the 70s or whatever compared mm. to compared to now you know uh it's bizarre <laughs> yeah you mean, do you mean in the sense that like it seems like it's got it's gone more in this other direction yeah like well yeah I, well there was like experimental novels that were on the <laughs> new york times bestseller list you know mm. like or like um steps by yersey kaczynski won the the national book award you know like that's unreal like um, yeah it's like a 150 page book about weird deviant sex stuff um, <laughs> you know and um it probably wouldn't even be published today yeah yeah you know? um it's just weird I don't, I don't even know how to like gauge it or think about it really other than you know how the trends uh turn over time <laughs> yeah i i really don't either i mean I, you know, it's like one of those things that's hard to know what to think about it or like what to do about it for me, because I know that I like stuff like what we're talking about, things that's, that feel more real to me. Um, but I don't know how to get other people to care about it. Uh, like I try, I try to like share people, I try to share books I, I love with people and like, mm -hmm. you know, just be honest about it, like tell them what I like and stuff, but yeah, 
I don't know, like when it's such an incredible current of like, you know, these, these books have like these huge deals behind them and they're, they're in every, they're in target or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like impossible to, to fight back against it sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. And it, it probably, it's definitely probably impossible to fight back against it, but yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with the, the little niche that uh, indie lit has carved out. Um, I mean, there's just like so many incredibly powerful writers that nobody really knows about, you know, totally. Um, and that's okay. You know, I think, um that's fine you know yeah we'll just live we'll just live in that space yeah so. for sure you know it kind of reminds me like discovering like indie writers and like getting into their shit kind of reminds me actually of um like when i was younger and i was first kind of getting into death metal and like uh-huh. finding all these like you know like so, these obscure little bands that were like doing things for me intellectually that like I couldn't get from uh, anywhere else, you know, cause I was raised Catholic and stuff. Uh, yeah. And I would hear these, these crazy songs about like, you know, like armies of demons and shit like that. And <laughs> I don't know, like, like reading Indie Lit kind of feels similar. Like when I, when I find uh, stuff I really like, I, I feel the same way that I felt back then. Like I'm like, I'm finding something that's like, underground and cool and like just different from everything around me and so it's refreshing yeah definitely it's a beautiful thing yeah yeah and like we were talking about at the beginning i mean like being able to actually contact someone if you enjoy their book and like tell them that you liked it i mean that's that's like a really cool thing to be able to do too yeah yeah, I love, you know, read, if I read a story just on like the Twitter the, um, timeline, you know, it's like, I don't click on all of them. There's so many, but, you yeah. know, every now and again, I'll read one and I immediately just message people. I'm like, you know, good work, you know. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite things to do is just <laughs> tell somebody I really like something they did. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I th- I'm trying to do that more to, you know, be more, uh, I don't know, brave, I guess. <laughs> Just like tell people when I like their stuff, because I, I do it, but sometimes like, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think it can be easy to worry about like feeling like you're taking up somebody's time if they don't know you and you're like just messaging them and like telling them you, you like something that they did. But right. I don't know. I would imagine that it's got to be like nice to hear that somebody like appreciated something that you put all that effort into yeah i think it makes it makes it you know like i said i would be doing this whether or not to happen but when it does happen like it it rules you know it's uh it makes you feel like all right um i'm not just publishing this stuff um you know for no reason or whatever yeah because um, sometimes it can feel like that you know like when you publish something uh and you it doesn't get any traction you know it's like okay well why am i even publishing it i could just keep it in my notebook no one's reading it you know yeah. so when people do reach out like it's awesome yeah 
but oh yeah you know it's, it's funny too because like one thing I do, I do try really hard to do is like give um like a good like I try to review the shit that I read if I know that it's a smaller book um and and like if if it's you know like I'm reading all this stuff for school right now that's recommended to me by the the person I'm working with but you know it's 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 larger press books that I'm reading for school and so I you know I, I keep track I like to keep track of them but I, I'll just give them like the stars on Goodreads but I don't really write a review because I'm like you know everyone knows about this book they don't need my review right, um, right. it's always a little strange to me when I see like a book that like everyone's read and somebody's written this like long thing about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah like <laughs> Joe Blow writing this uh, long Goodreads review about like the new Franzen book or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although sometimes they are kind of hilarious. Like I love when people post on Twitter like funny reviews that they found where people are like, you know, to say that they don't like the Odyssey or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anybody like that? You, you've been reading lately that you uh, you want more people to know about or that you're like particularly excited about? Um, let me think. I read so many books all at one time. Uh, I really like the, uh, of course, people know about this, so I don't even know I'm saying it, but I like the new Talwin book a lot, hmm. um, Leave Society. Um, the uh, new Sam Pink book is uh, awesome. It's called Catch Up. Um, Something Gross by Big Bruiser Dope Boy is amazing. I think everybody should read it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's just a lot. Um, one of uh, the books I just got uh, that I've already read a pdf of but it's coming out soon uh is everything is totally fine by zach smith um it's really good mm. it's uh i told him the other day <laughs> he kind of reminds me of, like kafka or something <laughs> um, but yeah uh way kind of weirder and um you know set in the present day so yeah <laughs> nice that's a good endorsement yeah i'm excited to, i i've uh i read the book that he and uh giacomo yeah. did together um i two million shirts i that 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 was great so i'm really excited for his accident yeah. book you're gonna love it it's really good awesome um have you have you always read or like always been a reader uh no no, um, I didn't really get into reading until I was uh, like maybe 16, 15, 16. Mm. Um, and uh, I think it was The Basketball Diaries. Uh, a friend of mine had it and uh, I just picked it up and like started reading the first page. And I was like, what is this? This is crazy. Um, like, I didn't know people wrote about uh, drugs, you know, or like yeah. whatever. And uh, I asked if I could borrow it. And 
I read it like that night, like the whole thing. And then I just kept reading. Like, I was just like, okay. Like, is there other books like this one? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are, there's a lot of them. So, you know, it's, um, but yeah, then I just got into everything, like the classics and I don't know. Yeah. Decided I wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, did uh, writing kind of come out of that after like reading for a couple of years? Yeah. It, that first year of reading, um, I started writing. Yeah. Nice. And was it always like, um, you know, more like realist, I guess, fiction or like, uh, maybe that's not the right, I mean, maybe that's not the right word to describe your work, but like, um, you know, like, like set in the real world or like, because uh, I know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm always kind of curious, like what people have gone through with their, their work. Yeah, I've been pretty consistent <laughs> with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah setting things in the real world so yeah um do, do you like have a, a schedule for writing or is it kind of just like whenever you have time uh it's just whenever i have time yeah, yeah. No, no schedule and i also don't um i don't even write every day uh i write a lot but <laughs> like um if i if i don't have like the impulse to do it or like uh, if the you know image or idea isn't strong enough for me to start like I don't yeah so yeah I you know and the reason I ask is just because I don't I'm not sure that that is like a real thing <laughs> like yeah. you know I, I always hear on uh other writing podcasts like people ask about um like writing schedules and like I'll hear you know people talk about their writing schedules and stuff and like I don't know I just don't know that I believe that people have those I mean maybe some people are like they have like a routine and they like go through it every day but that just doesn't seem compatible with you know <laughs> being an adult in the world uh I don't know. So it's always kind of, I don't know. It's always kind of strange to me to, to hear about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're probably, <laughs> they're probably writing a lot, uh, but it's not like usable. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. I've always wondered that too. Like, so you're just like filling, like filing cabinets full of stuff <laughs> just for the purpose of having stuff. I don't know that makes sense to me <laughs> yeah I mean like I, I feel like you know what you're describing like if you don't have the impulse to do it then you don't I mean I don't know I've always felt like if you don't if you if you're not compelled to like sit down and start working like it doesn't really make sense to me to do it I, I guess like if you know sometimes if you're trying to get a project done or something like, you know, going back to it regularly can generate stuff, but yeah. it's, it just seems like people sometimes have this like authoritarian way of talking about writing where they, they like, they think that there's all these rules and like things that you have to do. And I don't know, it just doesn't jive with reality for me. Yeah. Me neither <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, I wrote, 
uh, a whole book in my car on lunch breaks. <laughs> so it's like, you know what I mean? Like that's awesome. Uh, but uh, I had I had the, the you know the impulse to do that. But um, yeah, it's not a schedule. It's just random, you know. Yeah, totally. So the book that you're writing with Graham sounds that sounds really cool. The two the two of you writing something together. How did that come about? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've had I had the idea for it for like maybe a decade and um i read a poem that graham wrote uh that i i thought was like the perfect tone for uh what i wanted to do with with this book so i just i i, I didn't know how to do it alone basically yeah so i just asked him hey you want to collaborate on this thing and uh he said yeah so it's like um it's called the states and uh we're basically we're gonna call it a novel <laughs> but there's gonna be poems and fragments and all kinds of things um but it is gonna focus on um uh murders <laughs> and uh um deaths uh from each state um so like kind of um like really famous murders <laughs> you know <laughs> like um and uh hopefully it'll coalesce into a narrative <laughs> um but you know everything from like executions to serial killings to uh spree shootings um and the idea is that all these different acts and people kind of coalesce into like one like it could be the same person yeah it's kind of um it was originally going to be just called like the United States of America would yeah. be the title. Um, but it, uh, we're going to call it the States just because I think there's a more, you can interpret more uh, like the, like a, the state of being a killer, the state of, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but also the States. Yeah. So. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, you know, whenever it's out, I mean, I look forward to reading it. it sounds awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like, st I love stuff like that. That's like about, like, you know, like we were kind of talking about at the beginning about like flyover country and stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. I love stuff like that that just gets into the nitty gritty, like kind of like the bones of, of this country, like the, the things that none of us really look at. Um, I don't know I've just been I've been thinking about all that a lot lately like things that are going on around us all the time that none of us are seeing uh, or like paying attention to so yeah yeah um so is that the main thing that you're working on right now yeah mostly that um 
I've st I've started a few stories um, outside of that, but yeah, haven't haven't finished one. All <laughs> oh, right, <on. laughs> yeah, cool. Um, yeah. And do you think like I mean it? It sounds like they're not the main thing right now, but do you do you feel like uh, probably the next thing you would work on after that would be a collection then? Um, no, I think like. I, I want to write um, a uh, like generational novel. Um, and I think I, I've been thinking about it for years. <laughs> um, just kind of waiting for everything to come together in my head. Um, yeah. But I think that's going to be the next thing I work on. And it'll probably be more like a traditional novel although uh maybe structure wise uh but i yeah i hope to uh <laughs> still uh write like i normally do <laughs> with it um you know have some ambiguity <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's that's gonna be the big one and hopefully i'll uh start soon do you have like a concept in mind already or is it something that you kind of want to develop as you're writing yeah um i it's uh I, it's going to be based off of uh <laughs> like my family's history uh <laughs> starting with great grandparents oh cool and then up to present day uh but yeah i don't know nice yeah. Um, yeah, there was, so there was one other thing that I wrote down that I wanted to ask you about. And uh, I know, so I saw the, the tweet that you put out a couple, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now, um, asking people to uh, tell you if they'd ever had like a real paranormal experience. Yeah. I, I loved reading through the replies to that. There were so many like interesting things that people said. Um, were you, I mean, what made you want to tweet that out? I, it's just, I'm interested in it. Um, I don't know. I've, I've had some personal experiences that I can't really explain. Yeah. You know? Um, and I know, you know, the whole, the whole thing with the paranormal for me is like, I realize it could just be in your head, like a manifestation of something, you know? um that you're creating um but i don't think it makes it any less powerful if that makes sense totally um, but yeah it's just uh i'm always watching stupid youtube videos about <laughs> this shit and like uh not because i'm like a hardcore believer just it's entertaining you know to hear these stories um i just find it interesting yeah yeah, no, I do too. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I, I knew this guy who was like a, a professor at a school and he was like this like super straight laced, like scientific kind of guy. And then he like just mentioned to me one day that he like had had all these ghost experiences. And uh, I don't know, that was like, it made me like rethink about a lot of that stuff. Cause I was like, what? Like you have, have had those, you know? Um, yeah. 
but I, you know, I totally agree. Like, I feel like even if it has happened, even if it was just in your mind, like it's still technically happened to you, you know, like that doesn't necessarily decrease the, the significance of it, I guess. Yeah. Like you're, you're still terrified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, one of those things like, yeah, you're, uh, you experience something that scared the shit out of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you can't absolutely. explain it and i and that's the the worst part is like you can't explain it <laughs> so yeah yeah absolutely i mean this it's like an experience that you can't totally put into words yeah 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 i've um the last couple of weeks uh i've been having this like kind of like disturbing thing going on where i just keep having nightmares almost every night and I wake up at like three in the morning and then that's of course like the witching hour or whatever. Um, but it's one of those things, like, I know that when I describe it to other people, they're probably just like, Oh, you know, you're just having bad dreams. But like, I, I, I don't know. It's like felt like it had some kind of weird supernatural significance to it. Um, it's mostly stopped now, but for a while there, it was kind of intense and like, you know, even if it was like, I was just having bad dreams, it was still something that I had to like, deal with and like figure out what it meant to me i guess yeah yeah totally yeah um yeah and it, going back to graham real quick he told me like you know sleep paralysis right yeah he has it like all the time like if he falls asleep on oh, his shit. back he has sleep paralysis like oh man wakes up and he can't move and like that's horrible yeah God, I've had terrifying. it like I've had it I've had it like one time and I thought yeah. I was gonna die like I was just like <laughs> what the hell and he's like yeah it, like every like couple times a week you know man that is so scary I, I've had it one time too and I had the same I was like this is like the most scary thing that's ever happened to me I remember I was just like thinking like oh my god please don't let me like see something while this is happening you know like that would be <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be too much for sure yeah um and you know we were kind of talking before about like maybe it like means different things in different moments but like do you feel like you believe in ghosts or, or like some of those supernatural phenomena um yeah i think i do um and i don't know why <laughs> but, <laughs> uh yeah can't really explain it <laughs> can't explain why I do and it can't I, you know um yeah and I, I you know I don't even know if I'd call it like ghosts or like whatever uh I don't know if it's just like I don't know what my take is you know is, do I think yeah. there's like dead dead people walking around everywhere all the time no <laughs> like I I think it might be like interdimensional or <laughs> some weird shit but yeah or even um i don't know or projections of your own mind you know yeah for uh, sure i don't know i think anything's possible uh that's kind of what i believe it's like i mean we live in an infinite universe <laughs> which is weird enough on its own totally uh, so I don't, I don't know, but 
Yeah, I mean, in a way, I, I like I've started to think recently, like in a way, it's almost like incredibly, you know, I don't know, incredibly naive to like, I think to like uh, neglect, to, to just say like, oh, there's no way that that's real, you know, which I used to do. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, how could we know? Like the, the universe is so big and it, like there's so many things that we can't explain. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, I was the same way too, very skeptical of that stuff. But um, I mean, the knowledge we have is so little about every, I mean, yeah, we know a lot, right? Of stuff like scientifically or whatever, but we, that is like minuscule to what there is to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's so much more um, that, I, I, you know, there's not enough. If the whole world was just populated with scientists, you know, they would still only be at like 0.1% of discovery. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Or less than that, you know? It's, it's uh, like they know well for instance like uh space has been more explored uh, uh and charted uh than the oceans which yeah. is like totally bizarre um yeah i think about that all the time like we have no idea what could be down there it's weird <laughs> yeah you know the, another thing too like like going back to your 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 tweet and like the replies and stuff I don't know, like sometimes, sometimes something that I realized, I think was that the, that attitude that I had, like the skeptical attitude and everything, uh-huh. there, there was like something like weirdly like elitist and like paternalist about it where like, you know, people would tell me these experiences and I would just decide that like, oh, I actually know what they went through. Like they don't really know. Um, right. I mean, I think about the same thing with people who talk about being you know, having those, like what we're talking about with like sleep paralysis, having like alien abductions or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, like, you know, how, how could I ever possibly know what they experienced and like what the meaning behind it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, you can't, I mean, that's the whole, everything, all those experiences are completely um, subjective to the yeah. person, to the person they happen to. Uh, you know, just like with any experience, you know, uh, me and you could see the same thing and like have totally different, uh, retellings of the thing we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, perspective is, you know, everything and, and the way you take in information or how you see something is different for each person, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And then memory too, right? Like since memory is so unreliable, like that, that's going to factor in, like, you know, two people can remember something totally differently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's kind of the most compelling to me though. Like when multiple people see something, that's always kind of, I mean, I guess they could be like (laughs) lying about it together, like agreeing to lie about it, but right. Like when multiple people say that they saw something supernatural or or um you know in some of these like alien encounters and stuff like uh that always seems strange to me that like multiple people could have the same exact story 
yeah. There's, um, I can't remember where it was, but there was one where these people that hadn't even met each other in this town, uh, they all saw like a UFO, <laughs> like at the same time, you know, and like they were telling, well, you need to talk to blah, blah, blah. This person saw the same thing or whatever. Um, yeah. But it was, it was a pretty compelling case because like the people had never met each other. Like, I don't know. This is weird. Um, and then what they're describing is exactly the same, you know? Yeah. Um, but with slight variations because of where they saw it, there's, you know, they're in different parts of the town. Like, you know, it's like, well, it went this way. And then the other person's like, it went this way. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, For sure. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm in, I'm into like kind of all that stuff just for fun, but, yeah. but sometimes, sometimes I, uh, I mean, I, I don't believe in all of it, you know, obviously, yeah. but every now and again, I'm surprised by something. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I almost wonder sometimes if like, it's, it's better to just like not believe, but like, just be open to it. Right yeah makes sense because i'm like like you're talking about you know you could be just like so happily surprised by something or i don't know i guess that's what i've been trying to do just be more open to people's perspectives and like take them at their word i guess or yeah. try to yeah i mean it's a good practice to to be in uh but uh I mean, also, yeah, sometimes you're going to be like, that's bullshit. I mean, yeah. you can't be, you can't be open to everything, but. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. But uh, my phone's about to die, man. <laughs> oh, no worries. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much for the, the conversation. I was stoked to talk to you about your work and everything else. Too. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening to my episode with Troy James Weaver. Here's some info about Troy. His work can be read in a Southwest Review, New York Tyrant, Juked, Hobart, and others. He is the author of Temporal, Wichita Stories, Visions, Selected Stories, and Marigold. The three stories that we discuss in this episode one more time are Hooks, Instructions for Morning, and What Should I Call This? So go give those a read. You guys like this episode? Consider giving me a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot.